Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 589, and my name is Eric Nelson, and with me today, I have my regular co-host, Matt Longeth. Today is Wednesday, January 26, 2022. Matt, how's it going? Eric, I went down another deep, dark rabbit hole as far as internet lore, and I'll give you a quick little background on this. So... In and around central Pennsylvania, there is a local ski hill. And prior to it being a ski hill, it was part of an air defense system. I always kind of wondered what that was and why it was up there and you know what why was it chosen for that particular area. And that led me to going down, again, this rabbit hole of something called SAGE, which was uh, an acronym for the Semi-Automatic Ground Environment Air Defense System. And I started to go through and, and find out about this whole entire project that was actually, at the time, budgeted for more than what the Manhattan, Manhattan Project, which obviously led to you know yeah. everything that we have for you know nuclear defense and whatnot, uh, well exceeded that. And there is so much, and I bring this up about it because of what this program ended up creating, things like structured programming and CPU timing and communications networks and communications protocol. Uh, for the listeners out there, there is a great, great YouTube series that um, the Computer History Museum put on um, that goes through and just absolutely does a fantastic deep dive on all things sage. And it really just brought it back of everything, you know, as we talk about today and some of the, uh, our, our guests and speaking about NSX and just where we had come from and some of the, tr the transportation protocols that are out there and just communications and, and whatnot. And it was just a, a fabulous deep dive to go in of how air defense led to a lot of our current, uh, programming and network communications for where we ended up. But yeah. that's enough of my last couple of weeks. My favorite questions always to ask, sir, how are you? How are things out there on the West Coast? And most importantly, what is the color of the bay? I'm doing great, Matt. And I'll just say to if you go missing, uh, we know what happened to you. You went, you know, trudging through some mountainside and got caught up in some new security program that's there that you're not supposed to know about. And that was the end of you. So, you know, I've heard those stories before. It is beautiful weather here in California. It's sunny and nice. We've had some dry weather. So the the, the blue skies are out, the sun is out, and it's some nice, you know, 68 degrees here. So from a winter perspective, uh, it's pretty nice. It's supposed to start raining again in another couple of weeks, so we'll see how that goes. Color of the Bay, it's just a nice 
clean green. Uh, no, no chop. It's been smooth here in the, in the bay. Uh, we got this nice weather. Uh, my beehives are out. Everybody's like, I don't want to say Indian summer, but it, it feels a little bit like that. So beautiful weather. On the show, we are going to be talking about NSXT. Uh, 3.2 is out. Or 3.2.1, I think is what it is. And so uh, we have uh, Jeff uh, Shukin and uh, Thomas. Thomas, I didn't get your last name, but we'll introduce him. Uh, both of them are from the NSVU uh, to talk about networking. It's a really cool release. I would say if you're listening to this, you should stay. I've been looking at NSXT 3.2. There's a lot of cool new features that we'll get into, um, which I'm actually pretty impressed with. So I can't wait to, to get into that. Um, but before we do that, uh, let's talk a little bit about the news. Uh, we did a multi-cloud briefing. So if you've been on social and watching, you should have seen by now that uh, Victorio, Kit Colbert, and some customer references are talking about the latest multi-cloud uh discussions that we're having um a lot of good you know security networking as well as uh vSphere you know uh, in the data center and in cloud so uh, go check out that briefing it's kind of cool because they uh they have uh, an intro from that famous scientist and i don't have his name now of course um Huh. He's a physicist, but he had a little intro from him. Then uh, Kit's there, great customer demo. I would definitely recommend you go listen to that. It's on uh, VMware.com. The URL is cross-cloud-services.html, but it's also on the front banner. You can't miss it. Uh, go check that out. That one is one that you got to listen to it for. Oh, there it is. Dr. Um, Michio Kako is the, the guy that does the introduction. He's a famous physicist, and he talks about change and about how to manage change. Um, really cool presentation. You got to get through at least half of it, though. I think it's like a 45-minute session. The first bits are just the kind of the high level, you know, what you would expect from a, a briefing. But then as you get into the briefing, they have a customer that shows up and um, talks about their Tanzu roadmap and how they got to Tanzu. Uh, they started with Kubernetes. They started with different clouds. They migrate, migrated from different clouds. It's a really interesting story if you're thinking about how to uh, build Tanzu you know, solutions in a multi-cloud environment. Thought that was pretty good. And then Kit wraps it up at the end and Kit is always fun to listen to. So I strongly recommend that one. Go check that out. That's worth listening to. I learned a couple things, which is pretty cool. Uh, Vexpert applications are open. So I think they're closing at the end of the month. And so you got a few more days if you've been under a, under a rock and you haven't heard about that. Uh, that's still going on. Uh, we are grandfathering everybody in that was in last year just because COVID is still here and it hard, it's hard to, for everybody to get out and, uh, you know, make a difference in the world. Uh, but uh, so we're, we're grandfathering, but you can also apply if you haven't been in the program yet. Uh, and also update your apps. It's always good to keep an updated app on the platform. And then finally, VMworld 2022. A little bit of a snippet storyline here, getting excited about that. And the reason I'm excited, Matt, is, you know, the big screens um, that we have on uh, when you go to VMworld, there's the big social screens that hang over the venues. And yeah, sure. It's the one that, that we we have the VMworld, you know, the cutout and everyone gets their, yeah. their picture yeah. in front of it. And right. They, right. that's their banner for their social right. for the next, you know. Yeah. year until they, they go to the next event. We've been missing out on that, right? Yeah, right. we miss out on everybody's tweets and sharing and, and getting to watch 
crazy pictures and all that. And normally we spend like, you know, $40,000 uh, a year on the software called WayIn. Uh, oddly enough, Scott McNeely from Sun used to run that company. He, you know, started it, I think, or bought it. I don't know. But nonetheless, WayIn, we haven't bought them in a couple of years because we haven't had any need for big screen aggregation software that, that does that. Uh, and the event team came to us last week and said, all right, let's go buy the WayIn license. And we on my team, you know, build that and get that started and set up the screens and, you know, manage the content and all the all the security policies have to be so that bad content doesn't show up on massive screens. So we do that as part of the event support function that we do. But it's just exciting to know that, all right, we're buying the WayIn licenses. We're, we're, we're getting ready to, you know, do the deed, right? So I'm excited about the fact that, it looks like we are really going to have a an in person damn world. It's it's coming to fruition, and uh, and yeah, I'm going to get my. You know, I'm sure talking. we'll have Alice and Croker and and that yeah. team on soon enough as guests, and yeah. we'll get to hear all about it. Yeah, there's going to be some exciting stuff being announced. I, I I am not allowed to say anything, but I would say that it's going to be an exciting time. Uh, I'm, back I'm with a bang, out. right? Yeah, back, back in person with a, a significant event. De definitely back with a bang. That's all I got for the news. So uh, let's get to our main topic, which is NSXT 3.2. We always start out with an introduction to our, to our guest, uh, Thomas. Uh, I'll, I'll start with you. Thomas, We, you know, why don't you tell me how to say your last name and tell me <laughs> a little bit about uh, who you are, how long you've been worked at VMware, and what's your career arc look like? Where did you come out of college or not college? How did you get here? Uh, so. Okay. Give us a couple minute elevator pitch of uh, who you are. Okay. And do you go so, by Tom or Thomas? Both are okay. Uh, okay. So my name is Thomas, uh, Thomas Vigneron. Uh, Vigneron is French. Uh, it means ah. winemaker, by the way. Um, right. So um, I am PM in the NSBU. I've been PM for four years now. Uh, so I work on automation, multi-tenancy. I worked on V2T migration. Uh, NSX Cloud, so a bunch of things. And before that, I had been um, an NSX sales specialist in France, uh, so covering the, the different accounts in France uh, uh, for four years or so. So I started at the very beginning of the NSX adventure in Europe. Um, so uh, it was 2014. Uh, the team was getting built uh, to, to start uh, with, uh, with NSXV at the time. Um, we started a bit later than the U.S. Um, and before that, I, I came out of a French engineering school uh, working on cybersecurity. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Well, that's a good good intro. Thank you for, for joining us on the show. I think this is your first time here, right? Yes, yes it is. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, no, no, great. The, so it's, it's a great release. Uh, uh, Jeff uh, Shukin, uh, why don't you do the same? Tell us who you are. Thank you. Yes. So, uh, yes, Jeff Shukin. So, I'm a relatively newcomer to the NSBU uh, product marketing, product uh, management team. Um, actually, only about a month into the, to the role. <clears throat> Not new to VMware. So, VMware for about seven years. Uh, all my time being spent in uh, like Thomas, the, the sales and support of NSX into our into our accounts. So kind of really early days of, of NSX, you know, the V days where we were, you know, really <clears throat> trying to change customers' minds about, you know, what networking could be, what security could be, and, and did some some really cool and innovative things. 
Uh, prior to that, I, I was with a, a startup company called Palo Alto Networks. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Super, super lucky to, to be reasonably early uh, into that company. Um, and this is, you know, the time where people were starting to say, well, is a five tuple firewall rule enough or can I add additional context with things like what is the application? Who is the user? Uh, so really transformative uh, times in, in security. Uh, prior to that, I spent some time at uh, some of the big networking players and my actual first job in, in IT uh, was a summer student uh, for the Canadian federal government. So uh, fair warning, uh, you can tell Thomas is, is uh, from a different place. I'm from Canada, so I may throw in a few funny words like A from time to time. So you'll have to just deal with that. But I worked for the Canadian federal government in uh, um, you know, IT kind of when computers were just sort of appearing on people's desks. So you can tell there's <laughs> some wisdom streaks in the in the beard here from from time to time. So uh, uh, but yeah, first time caller, longtime listener uh, to the show and just really happy to be here talking about uh, this this release of, of NSX. Yeah, it is interesting that, you know, we talked before the show, the the history of networking and how it was so hardware focused back in the days, right? Like when I was administrator and like the, all the speeds and feeds of the protocols of the devices themselves. And then the software layer started layering on top. And all of a sudden, you know, that when you when you start to virtualize or just put software on top of it, then virtualize and then embed firewall that everything comes together. It's just such a an interesting pleasure to be up at the top software layer where you can understand more what's happening, right? From a software perspective versus the days of hardware and protocols and like really needing to know the OS, the Cisco OS. Oh, come on, Eric, everybody right. loves a good vampire tap and a BNC connector every once in a while, right? <laughs> right, sure, this, yeah. Mm. Stuff goes right over my head, right? That was the biggest problem is that when you you had to actually have these switches and really go get training from the university, you know, from the Cisco training program to really understand all the layers that were that were there. It was it was tough as a as a uh, systems administrator to get enough time to even learn all the acronyms, right? Let alone, you know, the, but as it's layered into vCenter, you know, like the whole network switches in software and now NSX in NSXT, you can, you can actually get your head around it, which is, which is, which is, which is fun to see. Um, so we always usually start with like the NST, NSXT, oh, before we get into 3.2.1, uh, where has NS, NSXT gotten in the last couple of releases maybe we can just do a summary and i don't know if jeff or thomas you guys who wants to handle that but just you know kind of bring us up to speed as to you know we obviously had nsx then we had nst which is multi-cloud um give us some history of how we yes. got it. so well, maybe i can do the, the big picture and let uh, jeff go into more details because typically all around security and different features which came in the last releases so the big picture from uh, things started a long time ago with Naisira, who started typically this journey with this idea that networking might be better if you could configure it from a single place, have it in software, have it distributed in, in the um, data plane, but centralized in the way to consume it, which then was acquired by VMware and gave NSXB. And NSX typically was at this point in time really tied into the vSphere world, one-to-one -one with vCenter for the VMs, but we already saw a lot of adoption for, for this model. The ability to bring networking, to bring security at the VMs, to, to manage everything from one single point, to do things from, from API, and to not have to, yeah, to, to do all those 
different uh, setups, all those different configurations and all those different equipments between different teams. And then we moved to NSXT with this idea of having a platform which would allow typically to connect VMs, to connect containers, to connect bare metals across multiple environments. NSXT was multi-center from the beginning. Um, and uh, we continue to build on top of this platform. So uh, the, from the basic networking features, layer two, layer three, layer four security, to things which are more and more advanced today, IDS, IPS, uh, and uh, maybe I can let Jeff go, go into more details on, on, the, on those latest uh, things. Yeah, that, I follow along with that, right? Which is, you know, Nicira purchase, you just summarize, Nicira purchase, uh, NSX, you know, totally integrated v, with, with vSphere, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like kind of like they, then to NSXT, which is the separation, right? Where you can now, you know, run it and manage multiple clouds, multiple, you know, endpoints. Um, so, you know, that the the separation from vSphere directly i guess what I, well, maybe that's the wrong way to say it but it's uh it's expanded I, I out we're now yeah, yeah go on this one no, it's, it's, it's fine. Expand it out to where now you're managing and up the stack managing Kubernetes and, you know, all the applications and tracking, you know, you know, zero trust environments. So I, I, I get that whole that that whole narrative. Um, I'm trying to remember where we got from 3.0, right? Like 3.0 to 3.1. There were some some decent features that, that came out and now we're at 3.2. Was there as much change in 3.0 to 3.1? Uh, that we see from 3.1 to 3.2. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, Jeff is shaking, shaking his head. Yeah. I think I think 3.2 is is probably the biggest release that the BU has ever done uh, in terms of features. Right. Um, and, and you know, if you if you rewind the clock a little bit, you know, when, when Thomas was, was working in France, I was working in Western Canada, very, very early on in, in NSXB's lifetime, we discovered that, security was a very interesting use case for for the product um you know being able to segment micro segment as you mentioned um these workloads in a, in a really different way and and again if you you rewind back when we were talking about switches and cisco and and you know we needed networking to do security we had to have some sort of a construct that allowed us to to do security in, in an interesting way um you know, firewalls became the default gateway for a particular VLAN or a particular segment. Uh, and this let us do some pretty interesting things. Uh, but in this time, you know, next generation firewalls were, were appearing. We saw the attackers pivot and they said, okay, we can't get through um, these, these boundaries that they've put in place with the firewall. But in the segment or in the VLAN itself, oh, we can do anything we want. So what we saw is we saw attackers you know, sort of pivot to this um, concept of what we call lateral movement. And so they would just kind of hop along looking for a, a workload that they could use to go uh, across that segmentation boundary. And this is really where micro-segmentation became very interesting to customers because uh, we weren't even really seeing what was happening in those segments, yet alone being able to control it. And here come this product where we could overlay on top of your existing infrastructure and do some really incredible things, not only from a visibility perspective, but from a control perspective. Um, and, and this really, I think, launched the, the product kind of on its trajectory, this fantastic trajectory that we've been on, you know, for the past seven or eight years. 
Um, and 3.2 really builds on that that strong foundation. Um, you know, to as, as Thomas mentioned, we can do you know some distributed firewall policy. We could do some intrusion detection, intrusion prevention, but we could even go further where we can go into things like sandboxing and, and threat anomaly detection where we, you know, are able to look at traffic patterns and say, you know, we've never seen that before. Right. Um, are we sure that we should be letting that happen? Right. So before we get into like just all those topics, the multi the the multi cloud security, uh, zero trust enablement, network traffic analysis, the NTA. Uh, one thing I got to ask is like, do we still focus on other network connection services? Do we prefer focus on performance? Do we still also move the networking technology forward as well? Because I know we're going to talk a lot about security and streamline the operations to manage all of this. And it's it's super important. I, I see like the security aspect of networking being like 50% of networking these days, right? Um, but do we still also move, you know, the yes. performance of networks to forward? Yeah, that, that, that's a very good question. Uh, so NSI 3.2 is also a very big release because typically of architectural improvement, for instance, to improve the performance of the API, the time of realization of the objects. So things which are done internally to tweak the product to make sure that consumption is at its best, in addition to features, that, that's the, the first part. And also in this release, you'll find typically some networking improvements, uh, some very advanced features in networking like eVPN, uh, multicast, which are getting improved typically, uh, or federation. Federation was the big feature of the 3.0 release, so federation continues to get improved. And also what you'll see is typically the integration with AVI, because one of the big things which appeared also in the from 3.0, 3.1 to 3.2 is the acquisition of AVI. So AVI, AVI is getting uh, integrated as NSX Advanced Load Balancer in NSXT UI, NSXT API to allow also advanced services around load balancers. Um, so yes, there's not only security, there's a lot of security and security is very important, but we are bringing a, a number of things typically yeah, in networking, uh, in um, services like, like load balancers and also mm. in improvement of the quality performance and well, it's also monitoring typically of the, of the product in this release. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Good, good to know. Um, and Avi Networks, uh, what did we acquire them? Like a couple of years ago? Um, yeah, so. around two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Time. COVID is one of these things where it just blacks out part of my brain. So it's hard to really put dates on things anymore, right? Like, uh, I think it was like a year before COVID or something, but then now everything is a blur. All right. So, um, Getting into NSX uh, T 3.2. Thank you for that overview. And thank you for kind of warming our brain up to the topics. Um, I will do a shout out to uh, Brandon Lee, who actually put a blog together on uh, NSX T 3.2, What's New. I think he published it sometime in December. Uh, I will put that. It's it's at www.virtual virtualizationhowto.com. Uh, look for VMware NSX T 3.2. You can Google it. He's one of the top hits. Great blog article that kind of goes through the topic. So if you guys are listening to this podcast and you want to go read some hard 
you know, text on all the topics and see some graphs. You can go to his blog. So shout out to Brandon Lee for putting together a nice blog on what's new in 3.2. And we just kind of talk through some of the stuff he calls out and other things that you call out. So uh, shout out to him. I'll put that in the chat in case you guys want to go look at that blog. And uh, we can start uh, talking about 3.2. So one of the things he goes through is, you know, he, he starts talking about multi-cloud security, uh, zero trust enablement, uh, network traffic anal analysis, and NTA into the NSX distributed firewall. We can start there, start talking about those features or whatever you want to talk to. Jeff, uh, since it's security, we can mm -hmm. uh, chat. Yeah, so, you know, again, 3.2 really advances the security capabilities um, and actually in two different directions. And, and it's really important to think about, uh, you know, going what I'll call sort of, you know, in, into sort of adjacent markets. So, you know, getting into threat anomaly detection and sandboxing and these types of um, uh, technologies. But it also goes back the other way uh, because we don't want to forget about, um, you know, customers that just want to get started in segmentation or micro segmentation. Maybe they don't have the, you know, the same level of staff or, or the same requirements. Um, and one of the really neat features of 3.2 is we'll just call it sort of, you know, distributed firewall intrusion prevention right on native vSphere port groups. So we don't need to, or, you know, have the overlay, overlay components of, of NSX to do these security features. And in fact, what we've gone ahead and done um, is from within vCenter, allowed uh, uh, an administrator to install NSX and actually a wizard-driven process to develop a policy for segmentation or even micro-segmentation. And, you know, I'm envisioning, you know, smaller um, workloads uh, or, or probably smaller, you know, uh, environments where, you know, maybe the the vSphere administrator is also the network administrator, is also the, uh, you know, firewall administrator. And this, this you know, one pane of glass to sort of do this is really quite interesting. Um, one of the things I used to love to tell customers, uh, you know, when I was a, when I was an SE was, you know, if we looked at the clock and we say, okay, it's, it's, you know, just a little bit past one o'clock. If we started now, you know, we could have micro segmentation in place in your environment before uh, going home this evening. And people would always look at me like I was a little bit crazy. Um, and, and really this is the fruition of that. It's, it's really being able to instantiate those, those requirements to be able to start developing and enforcing policy in an incredibly quick format. Uh, and that, you know, that doesn't, doesn't maybe sound like a big deal, but you know the barrier to entry is is very very low, um, and I would certainly um, you know work with customers and 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 partners to to demonstrate this capability because uh, it really lets you get started and and focused on what's important, not installation or and upkeep, but developing a policy and 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 looking at what's actually happening within your environment. And th this barrier to entry is is terrifically low. <laughs> Um, so let's not forget that. But again, as we move forward into, um, you know, some of these additional security features, uh, you know, our ability to distribute the firewall policy, the intrusion detection policy, uh, you know, is is has been there for quite some time. But you know, now we're overlaying things like, you know, network threat anomaly, and and um, like I was mentioning before, developing this this idea of what does good look like, and, and if I see something that's outside of that norm, 
just raising an alert and saying, hey, this, this is kind of outside. Uh, and I'll give you a, a, an example if that's all right. Uh, let's say that we've got a segment or a micro segment and you know, we never see VM, you know, the, the web server VM RDPing to the app or the database. And it shouldn't, right? It, it probably should never do that. But all of a sudden, somebody sparks up that that um, that MSRDP connection. Well, it's probably only one of two things. Uh, it's probably Jeff, who's just you know, I'm not going to go through my jump box. I'm just going to go straight to where I need to do get my job done. Uh, hopefully, that's it. Or number two, it's a it's a bad actor doing the same thing. Uh, and so, being able to raise uh, an alert and and even prevent that type of uh potentially malicious activity is is really interesting um and so that that that's a really big development in in 3.2 um uh, for us right now so jeff along those lines I, I to jump around a little bit i see now that we can install nsx manager from directly from the vSphere client yeah yeah right? that's, that's, you had that's spoke to, to that that easier installation for that that single admin in those smaller environments or someone that's more of that that generalized admin can you speak to a little bit about that or, or thomas of, of why we've made that decision to to integrate that that workflow now as far as the installation process within the vSphere client i yes. see we've also done some, some things here with with avi as well um with being able to configure it from that single pane of glass which i think is great Yes, so the goal of all those are to simplify the consumption of NSX and to, to streamline it, to make it accessible to, to more people. So typically, uh, for the, the first one, the fact that uh, you can typically deploy and consume NSX from the vCenter environment, what we have seen, and as Jeff was, was talking about that, um, is that you have a vSphere environment, you would benefit to, from some of NSX services, for instance, security uh, or so, some specific services, and you want that to be easy. You, you might not be a very big customer. You might not be uh, someone with multiple teams uh, running the environment, but just a sysadmin, but you want to implement, for instance, distributed security in your environment. And for that, having everything inside this center makes it a lot easier for you. So the idea is to to take the, the goodness of NSXT and uh, to make it accessible to, 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 to most vSphere uh, customers, uh, typically by having the ability to, to, to run things from the vCenter um, vCenter UI also. So that's for, for the vCenter UI. And for Avi, it's the same logic uh, to be able to have one place to configure your, your load balancer, to be able to have like this integrated consumption of course, AVI continues to exist as a standalone product, and people who are using AVI uh, in, in their environment, they can continue to use it. But to give an integrated experience uh, is something important in order to, to, to allow the most uh, people to, 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 to get advantage of it. And now that we're putting that into a single console, for those larger teams out there that would want to federate access or, you know, limit access to those particular consoles. I'm sure we support the, the entire, you know, normal vSphere permissions and user sets for limiting access to those particular control planes for if, if the organization would be large enough where they would want to segment uh, the particular uh, access to the, those feature sets. So NSX uh, has made a lot of efforts also on this part. So typically at the very beginning, <laughs> if we go back to the to the beginning of the adventure, 
you basically were like an admin or an auditor and you had a very restricted uh, um, basically roles. And now uh, you have much more of these roles depending on your verticals, if you're a security admin, a security operator, and you also have the ability to define your own roles. So basically to, to be able to, to say that a given user uh, is, um, let's say, can access distributed firewall, but not centralized firewall. So to build your, your own roles. So th those are also things which are possible with NSX. One of the things that I, I often will, will ask um, you know, traditional security teams, um, even in the past, is do, do you have access to vCenter? And, and of course, you know, a lot of security teams simply say, no, well, I've, I've never been given that opportunity. Um, and I, I strongly encourage, you know, a cross, cross you know, group collaboration, uh, even if it's just read-only access, because there's such good information inside of vCenter um, from a security admin or security operations person's perspective. Um, you know, being able to understand the context of, of a particular workload is is huge, and, and and really, what better place to to understand that from the you know a single source of truth like vCenter? Um, so, you know, to your question, Matt, I think um, setting up those those read only or, or least permission type of roles in the products is is hugely beneficial for all teams. You know, whether they're network security, uh, operations, uh, even even the you know the the DevOps folks as they they try to move faster and 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 more you know left as they like to call it. Absolutely. Hey hey Matt I have a I have a I have one that I've been looking at here and I wanted to I want to get and this goes to Jeff. Um, you know I I see distributed malware malware prevention, right? Um, you know, it's, it she sounds a little bit like a Norton or something like we've got distributed malware protection and advanced threat protection to ATP. Like, so uh, these are all great buzzwords, right? That, the, the you know, the, they're nice marketing terms. They like, like, what are those? And uh, are they real? If uh, they came from last line, can mm -hmm. you give us a summary of what that stuff actually is? Yeah, no, and that's that's uh, exactly correct, Eric. This is the the first step of integration of the last line, uh, you know, product into into NSX. And and again, if we we have this capability of, um, you know, without having to force a ton of change into a customer's network, so I can start to grab things sort of seamlessly. I don't need apps or, or span ports to, you know, spew traffic over to sensors. If I can use, you know, the, v, the VMware network to, to grab this information, I, I can do a lot of very interesting things. Um, and, and I think about, you know, the, the journey as, as we went from a traditional five tuple firewall rule to, you know, including things like, you know, application, uh, uh, user, this is the next natural step in that, in that process. It's okay. I, I'm going to allow you to talk in a particular application on a particular port, particular protocol. But now I'm going to look at what you're doing. Are you, you know, sending good traffic, or are you sending potentially malicious traffic? Um, you know, one of the first um, customer interactions I had on this was, you know, I want to allow, um, and I have to sort of speak in in general terms here. I want to allow my customer to upload files to me. Um, you know, they might be applications for something, uh, you know, like a, a form that I fill out and I submit. And I want to make sure that I'm not ingesting by accident anything that would be potentially malicious or in, not in my best interest. 
this could be a, an interesting way of of looking at that and saying, oh, okay, wait a minute, that that particular file that that Matt uploaded, it it it, it has some telltale signs of, of being potentially malicious. Um, you know, let me do some additional, um, you know, additional uh, sanity checking of that. Uh, I may in fact detonate that in a sandbox environment. I may actually, you know, uh, send it into the cloud and and have uh, a PDF reader, you know, open it and see what it does. Oh well, you know, it does look like um, it, it does look like malware. It does do some malicious things. Therefore, I'll flag it as as malicious. And then when when Eric uploads his, it, it doesn't have those, so I can let that go and let that be you know passed through without inspection. Um, so I, you know, it, it's it's driving these features again into the the place in the network where you know we can start accessing these these bits of information in really interesting ways, in, in really unobtrusive ways, and not having to um, you know, deploy a bunch of, uh, uh, like I say, span or tap or or these kinds of things that we've done in the past to try and grab this information. Okay, all right, Jeff. If is we, we're adding additional feature sets to the product, right? Where it's expanding now into the security realm, and we're doing real time threat analysis and you know, IDS, IPS, and whatnot. Would you say, or I guess we could just go back to, to where we're at right now with um, the system requirements. Has this expanded? Is If I'm considering, you know, if I'm on a, you know, let's say two branch right now with, with T and I want to go up to three, two for, the, for our managers and our edge de appliance deployment, because we're expanding those feature sets, has the system requirements increased significantly or is it just a little bit? It, what do I need as an admin as I'm considering all of these new feature sets? Is there additional uh, VM requirements or hardware utilization that I need to, to think about uh, prior to doing a, a full-blown 3.2 deployment? Yeah, that's, that's a great, great point. Um, and, you know, as we ask the system to do more and more, obviously, we do need more and more, you know, requirements from a um, um, compute capacity perspective. And I think, you know, the, the decision was made very early on not to impact the manager, the NSX manager itself, uh, asking it to do more and more because we need that control plane to be, you know, up and running and highly available and, and you know, redundant and distributed. Um, so we we in 3.2 really revamped the way we're doing those additional services so the threat anomaly detection the malware prevention and we have something called um, the nsx application platform we call it nap um, and this is actually um, a, a kubernetes based deployment that you'll set down uh, in that traditional management zone so you're 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 not running this in the compute. You're probably running this, you know, in a in a in a slightly different place. Um, and because a lot of this this new security technology is very, I'll, I'll say, math centric. It, it, there's a lot of AI and ML that gets done, uh, and it tends to be very bursty as traffic patterns change, as things come in. You know, we could be asking for more and more. Um, so Kubernetes made a lot of sense to um, build this this. This platform on so NAP is a requirement uh, in 3.2. As soon as you get into uh, NSX intelligence, NSX intelligence used to be a single VM, albeit a, a fairly large one. 
um, it's now a service that runs on this, this Kubernetes cluster. Uh, some of the metrics, some of the network detection response and the malware prevention are also, um, uh, you know, worker nodes on this on this Kubernetes cluster uh, that can scale up and down as required, so that we don't impact the the, the manager. Because again, we wouldn't want to do that. Um, I think the next logical question then is, <laughs> how much of the host, the compute host, am I giving right. away now? <laughs> you know, to do these features, and and you know, we're 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 at a yeah, point if you're not time. tapping in and you're pulling it right out of the kernel, so to say. Yep. What what additional resources on the host now am I using as a background service that I'm sure that you guys are running as part of the installation package? Probably may, might even be running some type of microservice or something else that you have out there as a container in and of its own. What's that taking up? What do I need to yeah. account for? And Unfortunately, what does that add into get... my overall cluster <laughs> utilization? Yeah. Sure. No, it's, it's it's a great it's a great point. It's something to very you know keep in mind. You don't you don't get this for free kind of quote unquote and i always like to say you know let's talk about you know small single digit percentages two three four percent of total cpu because you're you're very right matt we do this at the, the kernel of, of, of vsphere we do this you know the ssi kernel um so if you're running you know very 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 tight consumption and you're you know 80 plus percent you know maybe we have to have a conversation uh if you're like most customers and somewhat less than that then the overhead doesn't um, potentially, you know, to, doesn't potentially cause a problem, but we're very lucky because I think there's something coming, you know, and I don't want to give away too many secrets here. Um, but there, there definitely is a, a technology that's coming very, very quickly. Um, that's going to offload a lot of this. So we're not going to be using, you know, host resources necessarily to do this in perpetuity. It's going to be, uh, you know, something else. Um, and so those, those, those damn smart nicks, right? Yeah, they're just all, know, they're just all over the place. They're, they're going to help <laughs> in things like distributed storage, distributed security, distributed malware. Like it's all going to sort of come together here in a, right. in a, you know, in a very interesting, uh, uh, way, but you know, that that's future, uh, Matt, to address the question at hand, you know, we, we have to do this, you know, very carefully and, 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 and precisely, we don't want to, you know, overwhelm the hosts by asking them to do things that are sort of background, you know, taking away from the primary task, of course, of, you know, producing that workload or, or running that workload in a, in a, in a, in a good manner. So. I yep. was just thinking not to go too, too far into future state, but for the NAP platform in, in general, how that could take advantage of VGPU risk, things that would be, you know, very eccentric to AI ML workloads, but, I'm sure that we'll get there at, a, at some future state. I think this is actually a good thing. Please just build more workload because the number of cores that everybody's putting in the systems nowadays, I'm like, what are we going to do with all these cores? We're going to be out of a job. There's going to be one chip running the whole planet, right? With like a zillion cores in it. So in seriousness, we got so many cores now that even if you are doing some workload, these things do well being assigned to a core, right? So I don't think they necessarily would you know, bring the system to the knees because you have so many cores, as long as it fits in a core, it's it's good. And we, we certainly do things to to make sure that we we can lessen the impact or the blast radius, for, for example. So, um, yeah, I mean, please talk to your, you know, your your sales engineer and and right. uh, and Tam to to help ensure that that is, is done properly.
So when I was I was looking at uh, you know the the other features that are there, one of them uh, you know we, we we ran twelve days of Kubernetes. Uh, Cora Romero made a nice blog. Uh, so if you were new to Kubernetes over the holiday, you could go look, and we gave you twelve ways to get started. Right from watching videos to learning, taking some courses to you know setting up your home lab uh, with the community edition of, of Tanzu. Um, I noticed that you guys uh, and maybe Thomas, you can uh, talk to this. I don't know. Um, you you do look at now tagging objects like pods, uh, containers, so forth in this, this new, new release. Can we talk a little bit about um, what that's good yes. for? Yeah. Yes, of course. So we have introduced uh, some times ago some CNI from VMware called Andria. And Andria allows to provide networking and security services for Kubernetes environment independently of NSX. It's an open source project. Uh, that is started, but backed up also by, by VMware. Um, and um, so what we offer in NSXT 3.2 is the ability to tie together Antria and NSXT in order to provide both visibility, so from NSX to see typically the, the policies that uh, your users are pushing from Kubernetes, but also policy management from NSXT to be able to tag to be able to push some security uh, policies on those uh, on those pods from NSXT, so we we tie the two together, and um, and that's important because that allows to the, to give a single pane of glass on all those containers environment for the for the admin for the security admin, and be able to push common securities in those in those environments. It also brings, in addition to the security piece. It also extends uh, some monitoring feature. One of which is really popular is the Traceflow. So it, it also basically brings some troubleshooting tool like Traceflow in order to, to basically troubleshoot those environments. Traceflow is a feature which allows you to, to, to have a packet from one port to the other and to see what is the life of this packet, <laughs> which firewall does it go through, which networks, that type of things. And so now that is being extended basically to the the ports uh, of the, the containers with Antria. Yeah, it, that makes sense. Uh, it just reminds me that uh, podcast number 578, we did go through pro Project Anteria mm -hmm. and talked about it, right? So uh, that makes sense that now this is, and it was, I think, uh, you know, whether it was a, a fling or whether they were, you know, integrating, they talked a little bit about that. So 578, if you want to go hear a little bit more about uh, what Project Anteria is. Uh, so that, that makes sense. Um, so thanks. Uh, other things, Matt, that, uh, that we should touch on. I know, I think we have like 10 more minutes on the podcast, uh, that we talked about the network provisioning streamline network. I, I have a two part question, Eric, for, uh, for, for Justin Thomas that's, that's out there. And, and I have one more before the top of the hour, but Jeff, we've obviously had some customers out here that have seen the light. So to say that were early ad adopters for NSXV. Mm -hmm. And they might still, for a myriad of different reasons, uh, have V deployed as their primary uh, consumption of NSX currently and are looking to take advantage of all of these new feature sets. Um, obviously, V being, you know, I, I don't want to say deprecated, but uh, mm -hmm. T definitely um, where, where a customer should be focused on. Is there a migration path? two, three, two, or is it a multi-step process 
um, from going from a V deployment now out to the latest three, two, what, if you're walking in here with your consultant hat on and I'm out as something like, let's say, you know, an older, Ooh, two, five ish deployment. Um, where am I at uh, up to, to three, two, if I want to make the migration over to, to T. So you, you first, first maybe uh, just want to say that you made a really good point, which is that NSXV has reached end of general support today. If you go look at the VMware lifecycle, you'll see right. that typically NSXV has hit this uh, milestone. And so we, we really encourage the, all the customers to, to move to, to NSXT. And now uh, in so it, so again EGOS so end of general support that uh, it has been reached for the product so support would be provided uh, traditionally for one year but no patches correct unless it would be so, some extreme out of band event. So basically, yeah, you have two steps. You have one which is end of general support, which typically is uh, patches and that type of things, and then there is another stage which is one year later, which is end of technical guidance. And where GSS will help you, guide you in the in the, in the environment. Um, so we are we are the first stage, which is this end of general support. Um, so time is ticking for customers so that are out there listening listening along that have those V deployments. Uh, now it's time to engage with your you know, SE TAM NSXBU resources to figure out that migration path to if you haven't already to absolutely start to get on board and to figure out what that migration path might look for you for your particular environment. Yes, and for that, 3.2 helps uh, because it brought uh, a number of features around the V2T migration. So there is there has been a tool there for a while now, which is called the Migration Coordinator, which is part of NSX, which is completely supported it's inside the product. And this Migration Coordinator was a tool typically which was in place, uh, migrating the environment like uh, uh, like an upgrade, and for a number of well-known understood topology. Basically, the tool was looking at your NSXV topology and was saying, okay, that's your topology. Now you move to this topology in NSXT, which uh, was good, but also had the limitation that if you have a bit of a specific topology that the, the tool did not cover, or if you wanted a specific result in NSXT, you are not exactly on the, on the track. And so what 3.2 is bringing is a new model called user-defined topology. In addition, of course, we are not removing the, the, previous, uh, the previous tool. We are extending it, which allows typically the user to define what he wants in NSXT in terms of topology, tier 0, tier 1, and then to do a mapping so that to say, oh, this component in NSXV, this edge service gateway, maps to this tier one. And so, and the tool will migrate those configurations from one to the other. And the tool has two modes, one which is in place, we migrate this configuration and then we move your hosts in place, like an upgrade, we put them in maintenance mode and we switch them from, from B to T. Or uh, one which is called configuration only, which will take your NSXT environment, sorry, your NSXV configuration, and move it into an NSXT configuration, but will not prepare the host for you, with the idea that maybe you have side-by-side -side environment and you will be the one moving the PMs uh, because you have a network refresh, uh, hardware refresh, or because you want to have control over which application moves when. So, so AB deployment, right? Or true exactly. fail back if necessary. Yeah. Exactly. 
So yes, and in addition to that, there are other B2T features. Um, so typically OSPF support, which was added to the, to the tool, and also VIO uh, um, integration for, for the, the customers who have VIO. We've worked already with VRA. We worked with VCD who published a, a tool to migrate customers, and we have one for VIO with the idea that when you have those consumption model on top, so those cloud management platform, they are consuming NSX, you cannot just move NSX from V2T and not tell the cloud management platform. Otherwise, it's lost, like where are all my objects? So you need to do that in an intelligent way where things can be retied together with the new NSXT objects. And so that's what has been added with value in this, in this release. I have an upgrade question, you know, as long as we're talking about migration. The upgrade question to 3.2, like how there's two ways. I'm running it in my data center, and therefore I just need to upgrade. How hard is that? And then if I'm using VMC and AWS or another cloud service where I'm running NSXT as my fabric, how do I get a new version of NSXT? I'm sure people that do this know this already, but I'm just curious, how does this work? Yeah, I think um, you know 3.2 again has brought forward a um, a nice feature where we've actually got a, uh, a migration coordinator, or pardon me, an upgrade coordinator. Um, let me you know go in, peer into your environment, and and make sure that you know we're not going to you know trip over any um, you know any configuration issues. So that that's something that's actually new in in 3.2.0.1. You'll notice that there is a an actual uh, upgrade coordinator. Um, so those, those, you know, from 3135 to 3201, th those upgrades are, are very well understood and they're, they're, they're you know, re reasonably easy to do. Now, the nice thing about, you know, being a VMC on AWS customer or an AVS customer, um, you're not actually going to be doing those upgrades. It's actually the, the cloud service provider that provides that upgrade for you. Um, you know, even in VMC, uh, or pardon me, VCF. Um, you know, those upgrades are, are typically handled via SDDC manager. Um, so you're not, you know, you're not having to think about sort of, you know, is this compatible with that? It's, it's just sort of done, done on your behalf or, or done at least in a, a sort of a scripted way. So, you know, depending upon your consumption model, um, you'll, you'll get to, you know, these new features, um, you know, one way or the other kind of thing. I could just say how much I love coming into my new management interface. And then there's new things that I go, wait, what happened? Where did it? Oh, that's, I just upgraded my iPhone the other day. And it was like, it was like the, the whole browser with the URL at the bottom now and at the top. And it's just like, it's like a whiplash. Like, do we manage that kind of stuff in the cloud VMC? And, uh, you know, if you're I'm buying VMC and AWS, I assume that we must communicate and manage when these type of things are going to happen so that I, I'm minimizing my whiplash. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to be working in you know frontline support <laughs> the day after an upgrade like that if we're not right. not helping customers. So we we have actually really interesting ways of interacting with those types of customers, uh, little chat bots to you know different ways of distributing the information. So it works really really well. Awesome, awesome. All right, we got five minutes left. Uh, always fun to ask uh, Jeff. We'll start with you. What excites you about twenty twenty two? Right, like uh, what what oh. excites you for the rest of you? I know you can't obviously talk about proprietary stuff that's not announced yet, but uh, what's exciting for you in the networking and security space that you? 
looking forward. Yeah, to I mean, <laughs> uh, we just came off something called log for j or log for shell. Um, so oh, yeah, you know, again, uh, we, we should have a moment of silence for all those poor folks that lost their Christmas holidays to having a patch for this. Um, but they I, don't I, give it. They don't give it back either, right? No. Like everybody just goes, "Oh well, Christmas, New Year, let's go." And I'm like, "Wait, no. we just worked three weeks during the holiday segment to 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 solve for this, right?" Like, uh, yeah. No, but I'm I'm truly excited about working with customers and you know finding ways to sort of uh, mitigate against um, uh, some of these future things that may, could come out, so that we can deal with you know a signature update will help us have a compensating control for you know these types of uh, events. Uh, I'm looking forward to COVID being, I don't know, over or back to normal, whatever we're going to call it. And I'm certainly looking forward to VMworld uh, being in person uh, in, I guess, the end of August time frame. Right, right. All right. Tom, Thomas, I'll ask you the same thing. Yeah, we're thinking the same. Like if uh, COVID could stop, <laughs> and I would be really happy to, to have VMworld in person again, like meet customers, and that, that would be really great. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm going to have to get myself a nice mask or something, right? <laughs> I've held back getting like, you know, super cool masks. I just use a standard white N95 because I never leave my office. Uh, but uh, I'm going to have to go get something cool. Maybe we'll do some cool VMworld branded, you know, masks that will go on top of an N95 or something so that you got like something you know, attractive and cool looking, maybe our Twitter handle, you know, etched on the, I don't know, they got to do something. This should be fun. So I'm also looking forward to that. All right. We've made it to the end of the podcast. We have a couple minutes left. So we always do a little V barbecue report. Tony Foster says he doesn't have any interesting, but uh, I did, uh, I did a tri-tip yesterday that was just traditionally salt, pepper, a little soy sauce and marinated overnight and then just throw it on King's charcoal and you know you just can never go wrong with that especially if you just pull it off at the right time but i saw an interesting recipe that i thought i would share i'm going to do this uh, over the next week it was barbecued ribs but it was fried barbecued ribs you marinate your ribs you cut them into individual you take the baby backs and you slice them into individual ribs and then you put a sauce on them and you you uh, put them on the barbecue for like five minutes and you just cook them a little bit and and put a, 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 you know, a, a glaze on them, right? You know, uh, toughen them up a little bit. Then you take those off and you get a pot of hot oil. You put oil on your barbecue and you heat up your oil and you then dip these, you fry them in the oil, right? And it then, you know, fries them. Uh, they have a, another process. You pull them out and dip them in a little bit of another uh, another marinade, right? To give that another little crust. Refry them again, then take them out and put them on the barbecue for another 10 minutes, right? And you have like super crispy, crunchy, uh, fried, barbecued ribs i'm gonna do that uh and then i'll let you know all how it goes so that's a cool report too yeah i always jeff i'll go to you any favorite barbecue uh either that you make or that you like to go buy and eat well i I live in i live in canada i live in calgary we're not known as a as a barbecue mecca of of... moose you guys get a barbecue moose up there somewhere (laughs) no you you have to be very lucky to uh to come across a moose Moose. Uh, um but I, I am an avid barbecuer. I, I own a, uh, a smoker. I probably took the advice off of one of the previous podcasts. So uh, I'm a Traeger fan. Uh, I do a, a good 
I'm not going to say great, but a good brisket. Brisket, um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's a little cold here right now, so we've got to let it warm up. And yep. it's probably not- about March, I'll be able to start up the Traeger again and, and start participating. So. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, Thomas, in uh, in France, do you guys get to barbecue very much? And not so much. Well, at least in France, I was living in a, in a flat, in an apartment, so not really. Uh, but here I have a barbecue, and I'm starting to get used to it. I'm new to it, but uh, it's great. I, I I like to to try new things. <laughs> I I know when I first started out of college and uh, I got married and I had my own little place. I did barbecue and I would do barbecue chicken. And you know, n- no one told me to put the lid on the barbecue. Like I, so, when you're starting to learn to barbecue, like there's a lot of little simple things. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we have YouTube. You can go YouTube it and watch, and it's it's easy, much easier. But in the days, like I, and so I burnt the living tar out of my out of my original barbecue chicken, right? Because you know, if you and I put the glaze on too early, it's because I didn't know that you you know, you put the glaze on in the last 30 minutes of the barbecue, not the, not at the beginning. So I would have little charcoalettes of burnt glaze barbecue sauce on these pieces of chicken uh, for years. It took me. So it is one of these things that you, you learn and you get better at year after year. So you, you get some time here to, to have that happen. We're at the end of the hour. Uh, thanks for everybody. Shout out to Graham and Tony Foster, Susan Wu, uh, Brandon Lee for doing the blog article that we kind of walk through a uh, good time. We're going to have uh, I think there's a new release of vSphere coming out and uh, pretty soon. So maybe next week, We'll have uh, somebody on for that possible new release of vSphere. I'm not allowed. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that yet or not, but uh, we will be here again next week. I think talking about vSphere. Uh, until then, go check out that uh, the uh, multi-cloud video. It's worth watching. Kit's great at the end. The customer's great at the end. And um, it is now lunchtime here. I'm going to go have some barbecued tri-trip from last night. <laughs> Jeff, uh, Thomas, thanks for coming on the show. Thank Pleasure. You. Thank you very much. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.